Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We had a very exciting guest for you today, but I just got word from Russell Hornsby's publicist, which I'd like to read to you right now. This is the message uh, that Lillian Park sent us, quote, I have some bad news. Russell's shooting schedule just got switched, and he is shooting seen now during this interview. Russell feels horrible, and so do I. We'll have to reschedule, unquote. Well, of course, I feel bad about it too, dear listeners, but we will work hard to get Russell back as soon as possible. And we do have with us today Nikki Starr. So, Nikki, uh, how are you this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing great. We're having... Some technical issues, and um, so we have no ch- no chat right now. And I lost my switchboard. <laughs> oh no! So this it's in the air. I mean, it's not know, just right? Russell. <laughs> so Russell couldn't be here. We don't have a chat, and you've lost your and you've lost your switchboard. Well, at least you're on the you're on the phone, and I'm, right. I'm very sorry about the technical difficulties too, because. Uh, I'm uh, sure that uh, people wanted to to join you in the in the chat, but while I have you on the phone, then um, I don't know if our listeners know how busy you are and that you you are doing so many things other than uh, movie addict headquarters. And I know one of the projects that's near and dear to your heart is the Fly Lady. I love that name, Fly Lady. So tell us a little bit uh, about Fly Lady and what's happening there. Well, Fly Lady, um, she started about 11 years ago, and basically what we do is we teach people who are perfectionists, okay, who think that everything has to be done perfectly all the time, that it's really okay to do a few things a day and then just to keep routines, and that's the best way to love yourself and the best way to take care of your family and the best way to be productive. So I actually make her website, and I run her Facebook page, and let's see what else. Oh, I do all their graphics. It's great. I love the job very much, and she's just such a nice, you know, really fun, interesting person, and it's just a great job. I love it. And you guys, no. if you wanted to check it out, if you if you feel like you might be that type of person, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, just check out flylady.net or on our Facebook page, The Fly Lady. Oh, I think the, that uh, there are uh, maybe some listeners <laughs> who fit who fit the uh, the target audience on that. And um, I have listened to the to the show. I just love it too. And the uh, site that you've uh, designed is is mm-hmm. just uh, great. Uh, so congratulations on that. And um, I I can see why you would love that uh, 
working for Fly Lady and on that project, and uh, they're lucky, and they're lucky to have you with them also. So anyway, well, what, fly, I, what Fly stands for too, real quick, is finally loving yourself. And so if you oh. give yourself permission, right? If you give yourself permission to take a break, and because really all we want to do is have fun. You know what I mean? And oh. so if you give your per, yourself permission to have fun, then you're going to be happy doing whatever you're doing. I like that. I like that very much, and I I think that comes through loud and clear on the on the show. So I hope that um, many of our listeners will um, will check out uh, Fly Lady. And I thought, uh, Nikki, I'm so glad that you're that you're here today, and in spite of your busy schedule. And what I thought we'd do, I did cut the show to 30 minutes. And I, what I'd like to do is to give everyone some background information on Russell because we will have him back as soon as we can. And I want people to know why we're so eager to have him. And then I have a couple of um, reviews of current movies that I've seen that I'd like to share with everyone. And then um, we'll take a look at what's coming next uh, next week. So if you want to break in any time... Nikki, and also uh, if the chat gets fixed while we're on the air, if you'll if you'll break in and, and let let us know about that. Perfect. So so um, I, I really appreciate it. And after all, this is live radio, and sometimes we just have to to roll with the punches. But I did want to want to talk a little bit about uh, Russell because. Uh, he just is a guest that I have been looking forward to talking with for uh, ever since I saw the first episode of uh, Grimm. And he plays uh, a homicide detective. His name is Hank Griffin. That's a character he plays. And he's the partner of uh, Nick Burkhart, and that's played by David Guintoli. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who has the ability to recognize supernatural creatures and is from a long line of Grimm's, and these are people who are struggling to save humanity from these storybook evildoers. Unfortunately, Detective Griffin doesn't know about this special mission, so he finds himself in some strange situations indeed. And, Nikki, I have just fallen in love with this series. It is so intriguing, the special effects when the um, when the person that is uh, when the creature looks like a human and then changes into the into the evil storybook uh, character, it's just some of the best special effects I've ever seen on TV. And Russell himself has uh, movie credits, uh, numerous movie credits. He's been in um, Get Rich or Die Trying, Forgiven, Meet the Parents, Edmund. Big Fat Liar, Train Ride, Woo, and Stuck. And he also has impressive work on um, such TV series as Lincoln Heights. I believe he had the lead role in Lincoln Heights. He's also been on HBO's In Treatment, Grey's Anatomy, The Good Wife, which is another one of my uh, favorite uh, TV series, and Law and Order. On stage, he's appeared as the Scarecrow in The Wiz. Now, that must mean, Nikki, that he has uh, some musical ability, too. So, naturally, I, I will want to ask him about that. And he played lead roles in To Kill a Mockingbird and in Six Degrees of Separation in live theater. 
but this this is the credit that really intrigues me. Uh, Russell recently worked on Broadway alongside Denzel Washington and Viola Davis in Fences. Now talk about name dropping. So I definitely want to find out what was the the most memorable thing about that particular uh, experience. Russell was born and raised in Oakland, California, but he studied theater at Boston University and at the British Academy of D- Dramatic Arts at Oxford University. So what an impressive resume. Um, now, has that made you eager, Nikki, uh, to uh, hear from Russell Hornsby during his interview on Movie Attic Headquarters? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> That's the same. I don't know whether you've seen, uh, have you been able to catch any of the episodes of Grimm? No, but I actually, I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu, so I'm going to look. I think you should. Yeah, it probably is on, on uh, Hulu because that um, that now is my husband's favorite television uh, series. And he and I don't don't always agree on, uh-huh. on TV series, but he really he really likes that. And last week they had a repeat episode, and we sat through through the whole repeat episode again, and we enjoyed it just as much as we did the first time. So um, I'm definitely uh, encouraging listeners to uh, to watch Grimm, which uh, airs on Friday nights. And uh, of course, you'll have to check your local TV uh, channels for the for the correct time. I get mixed up with the with the time zones. So we will do our very best to get Russell back on the show, and uh, he's very eager to be here and it feels very bad that uh, that he wasn't able to be here today, but I sure don't want to keep him from uh, filming these scenes that I enjoy so much on, on Grimm. Well, since we have the time today, I wanted to share my reviews of two current movies that I've seen recently. This Means War and Rampart. And one was a hit with me, and the other a miss. So let's do the miss first. Uh, You know, I hate to give negative critiques of films starring my favorite actors, but I think um, Woody Harrelson probably made a bad uh, choice with Rampart. And so here's what I wrote about that film. Poor Woody Harrelson. Here he is with a great role in Rampart, a corrupt L.A. police officer spiraling out of control back in 1999. And the movie turns out to be about as messy as one can get, through no fault of Woody's. Important conversations are filmed with the camera showing the backs of the actors or in noisy, dark areas, making it practically impossible to know what's going on, Key scenes begin and end with no rhyme or reason, and too many individuals appear without any clarification of their purpose in the story. Fortunately, Harrelson delivers the goods again. He makes us believe the disturbed character he plays. I'm not a racist. I hate everybody, shouts his character Dave Brown when being investigated about one of his questionable actions as a police officer. His oldest daughter, Helen, played by Brie Larson, even hurls terms like misogynist, chauvinist, and sexist at him. But we do glimpse a bit of goodness in this man where his daughters are concerned. Helen 
and her young half-sister Margaret, played by Sammy Boyarski, seem to break out his tender side. And David really has tried to keep his ex-wife, played by Cynthia Nixon, current wife, Anne Hesch, and their children together in the same house. However, he can't stop his womanizing, bullying, drinking, drug-taking behavior, so how long will his family continue to put up with him? On the job, Dave is a terror. A Vietnam War veteran, he views his beat as a military occupation. He sadistically mistreats a wheelchair-bound fellow veteran, played by Ben Foster, and uses racial slurs that would make Archie Bunker cringe. After he gets in serious trouble for brutality, which is caught on camera in connection with the other driver in an accident, he insists that the man attacked him with a lethal weapon. He, he means his, his car. He calls a fixer for help. And why don't you just stop beating on people sums up the best advice he receives. Well, things go from bad to worse for Dave when he's involved in a shooting connected with a strange robbery. Everyone wants Dave to retire or at least make a deal regarding the charges against him. But this stubborn policeman won't listen to reason. He thinks other options are open to him. And so his downward spiral continues. During the course of Dave's dark journey, some interesting stars drop by to provide support in various roles, including Sigourney Weaver, Ice Cube, Steve Buscemi, and Robin Wright. Too bad these fine actors also got caught up in such an incoherent film, which spins out of control just like its main character. Now, as I said, Nikki, I don't like to pan Woody Harrelson's movies, but I, I have to call them as I see them. Have you enjoyed uh, Woody uh, Harrelson in some of his movies or in his uh, TV work? I actually like him. Yeah, I usually do. I usually do. What have you seen of his that you especially like? Well, I mean, I, I can picture him in everything. Do you know what I mean? I've seen, uh, let's see, he was in Donnie Darko, which yeah. I really like. I like that movie a lot. He was in the zombie movie. Oh, Zombieland. Yep, I love that one. He was terrific. He was mm -hmm. terrific in zombie. In fact, that whole movie was, was great. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed that. And whoever thought when he was first on on Cheers, where he played the bartender in Cheers, that he'd be right. be doing these, you know, these uh, really uh, heavy, uh, heavy, heavy roles on, in the movies and uh, some far out roles in the in the movies. But uh, but this one, uh, it just, you know, it had that type of that type of. Uh, Filming where the director didn't seem to be concerned about things, you know, tying together, and the viewers are really, at least I was, and uh, my husband too. We we didn't know half the time what was going what was going on in the film. So let's hope that Woody gets a little better script the next the next time out. I'll still I'll still he, see his movies because I don't really like to miss to miss any of them. And then um at the other extreme is This Means War, a romantic comedy released uh, last week for the Valentine's Day crowd and uh it stars Reese Witherspoon, 
who's cute as ever here, Tom Hardy, who's surprisingly funny, especially after seeing him portray such a different character in Warrior, and Chris Pine, who seems to be enjoying the ride as one of the competitive spies in in the film. And, uh, Nikki, this movie just comes across as pure fluff, you know, like so many uh, romantic comedies. So it was hard for me to write a serious review. And when that happens, um, I, I need to apologize to everyone because I usually do one of my silly film poems. And uh, here it is. Here's the poem I wrote about this movie. The film, This Means War, follows three fun stars in a fast-paced romp about love, not wars. Two spies fall in love with the same hot girl. They're buddies who want to give her a whirl. Then let her decide which one she will choose. But she doesn't know which man to refuse. Both guys have their strengths and their flaws as well. By choosing wisely, she'll ring Cupid's bell. Of the spy's low plans, she is not aware. So when finding out, will she think it's fair? If you like romance, mixed with spy stuff too, plus buddy banter, here's a film for you. So you can see, Nikki, I'm encouraging people to see This Means War uh, for light entertainment. It's Mm -hmm. it's such fun. Do you like Reese Witherspoon in her romantic comedies? I'm not a huge romantic comedy fan, but the one that she did um, where she was in Alabama. Oh, Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama. That one I liked. She was excellent. She was excellent in that. Mm -hmm. I think her her work in um, Walk the Line. Oh, yeah. Was great. that was her her best work, and of course she did get an Oscar for that. And uh, yeah, and I thought that it was really it was really her best work. I usually don't like the biopics, but that one I thought um, who's who played Johnny Cash in that? Isn't that uh, something? To, no, to I forget? know. Who it is. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm terribly. He's awesome. I can't. Who? He was awesome. He was awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. I was just starting to say Phoenix, and then I couldn't. Joaquin Phoenix, yes. He was great in that. That's his his best work, too. So Mm -hmm. she was good in that. And, of course, I loved her in um, Water for Elephants. That was one I I think that you you thought was was excellent. Am I correct on that? The The best casting, yes, I agree. Everybody in that, mm-hmm. and I when she was when she was with uh, the elephant Rosie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I, and she just looked so. I think she's never looked uh, quite that beautiful before. I agree. With the circus, the circus costumes and everything, and I don't know. And I I haven't been a big fan of Robert Pattinson's, but I thought he did an excellent job in that. And, of course, I was disappointed Christoph Waltz didn't get an Academy Award nomination for for the role that he played. I mean, he was just so mercurial. I mean, sometimes as sweet as he could be. He's one of my favorites. Yes, he was so good in, um, what was that, Quentin Tarantino film? 
in Glorious Bastards. Oh, yeah, he did it was win amazing. It. And he did get an Oscar mm-hmm. for for that one. So anyway, I would recommend This Means War if you like romantic comedies, but I, I think you would even like this one, even though you don't like a romantic uh, comedy. And uh, I do highly recommend it, as I said, as light entertainment because it's such fun. Well, um, we do have a short show today because our guest wasn't able to, to be here. So, so Nikki, is there, are there any films that are out or uh, DVDs or television shows that, that you've seen recently that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Well, the, the best movie I saw recently is Insidious. Insidious. Yes. Well, yes, that's the one with Patrick Wilson and and uh, the, the little boy. Yes, very scary, very very scary, but really good. No, not gory. It's like the kind of scary that I like. The suspense. Yeah, it was very different. It had a very different plot uh, than most horror movies. And you actually didn't know what was happening to the little boy. You had the the, the scary house, which that's always good to have. Yeah. And then you have the little the little boy in a coma. Fall it wasn't it from a fall. Uh huh. No, and he goes great. into a coma, but but not really happening. Yeah. And the, and the ending is the best. I'm not even going to give it away, but. The whole movie, when you don't expect that you're going to be so scared, you're scared. And it's just all the way screaming to the very end. It was great. <laughs> and I on Saturday, so. I'm going to see Hugo in 3D. Oh, I am so glad you're going to see Hugo because that's actually on my top ten for last mm-hmm. year. And, well, of course, if you're going to see it in the theater, it is in 3D. Yes, that's what I'm going to see it in, yep. And you and you like 3D anyway. I remember you I argued with the critics when when we were saying that we didn't, you know, there was too much um, 3D and it didn't work for us. And then you said you did, and the younger people like the 3D, and I remembered uh-huh. that. <laughs> so, but I'll have to tell you, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, uh, that 3D in Hugo is the best I have ever seen. Uh-huh. You know, my eyes don't adjust. To it. That's right. why I and I wasn't too upset about it because Johnny Depp said his eyes don't adjust to to the um, 3D either. But I adjusted perfectly to the 3D in in Hugo, and you are going to feel right there in Paris, back in the early, well. I think it's maybe the mid. Uh, early 1900s, and you are going to feel like you are with the young boy who is living in that train station and fixing those clocks in that clock tower, and you're going to feel part of the movie. You, I, you're going to love it. I can't wait. I think it's, I think it's going to be quite a quite an experience for you. So that's an excellent recommendation. So, dear listeners... If Hugo is still playing at the multiplex near you, be sure to see to see it because it's 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 a once in a lifetime experience. Now, have you seen The Artist yet? The silent no, not movie, yet. black and white. Okay, that one is is uh, 
also wonderful, and it's so interesting that, that we have a film that's up for the Oscars that has a old-fashioned silent movie homage in it, and then we have this this other film with the best of modern technology, the 3D, in Hugo, and I can't decide which one I want to win the Oscar. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it's so close. It's definitely so close that I just I'm keeping my fingers crossed that one or one or the other. And wouldn't it be great if it was a tie? Oh, that would be awesome. Has that ever happened before? <laughs> no. The only the only time there were two films that won um, best picture, anything like best picture, was back in 1929 when they gave two awards. They gave one for best production which went to Wings, the one with uh, Clara Bow. And then they gave a most artistic uh, picture, and that was to a movie called Sunrise with Janet Gaynor. But since that time, there's there's not been a tie for best for best picture. So there could be uh, there could be history made if if it would be a tie. I I let's let's keep our fingers crossed and and uh, and hope for that. I think that would be just just great if that would if that would happen. And of course, we will find out all about this on Sunday night when the 84th Annual Academy Awards will be televised on ABC, and we'll have Billy Crystal as the host. So um, I'm really looking forward to that because I really think that Billy Crystal is one of the best hosts that uh, that there ha- has ever been on, on the Oscars. Have you enjoyed Billy Crystal hosting the Oscars? He's my favorite, and I'm, I hope he's... Always the host, and I love him, and I wish he would never have left. <laughs> this will be his ninth time, so he's he's pretty tuned in to what to what goes over. I remember him doing the uh, Titanic, <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. song parodies, the song parodies that he does, <laughs> the way he did the way he did the Titanic. I thought that was great, but I but I do have to disagree with you. I don't think he is. The best host, and we'll be talking more about this. This. Who do you think is? Oh, <laughs> you have to ask. Be still, huh? my heart. Hugh oh, Jackman. I know. I know. Okay, all right. Because <laughs> we have to mention Hugh Jackman at, <laughs> at every one of our every one of our shows. But uh, Billy Crystal comes close. I I think he really does. And uh, an excellent, uh, excellent job. But again, we're we're very upset that there were only two songs nominated, and so there won't be that much music uh, at the Oscars. And of course, I do enjoy the the musical numbers in the Oscars. So we're pretty disappointed that we won't be able to see some of those wonderful songs from the Muppets that. Uh, didn't get nominated. There is one song from the Muppets that was nominated, uh, "Man or a Muppet," which wasn't the best one from the Muppets, but at least we'll we'll get to probably see the Muppets during the during the Oscars. Well, I think we're we're coming close to the uh, thirty minutes that I set the, the show for, and it's been such fun, Nikki. As I loved it. 
talking with you, and it's just kind of like when we first started out, which you realize is almost five years ago. Is that not crazy? <laughs> oh, man. Believe. We started out, what, 15 minutes? Yep. Just doing the film, just doing the film reviews, uh, similar to what what we did today, and then uh, went to the half hour, and then went to then went to forty five minutes. minutes. So it's been five years of, of fun, don't you think? I agree. Oh yeah. I, I really, Amazing. I really do enjoy uh, working with you. Well. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. And we really appreciated uh, being listed as today's picks <laughs> by BTR. Um, we're so sorry that uh, Russell wasn't able to be here, but we are working to uh, reschedule his interview. And thanks to Nikki Starr for all her help today and to our um, the chatters who tried to sign up, but we, we had to, had technical difficulties. I mean, we really appreciate all the listeners for tuning in today. Please come back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for our roundtable discussion of Oscar's Best and Worst Moments, featuring a distinguished panel, including Barry Monish, author of the latest Green World volume, A.J. Hockery, The Mad Movie Man, film historian James Colt Harrison, and Diana Sanger, founder and editor of Classic Movie Guide. It should be a fantastic, fascinating discussion, and I hope everyone will, will come back next uh, Tuesday. That's all for now, folks. So let's call on Brian Ferry to take us out with a song from one of my favorite Oscar-winning films, Casablanca. Here's as time goes by. Sigh. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply. As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by And love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one can deny It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by
still the same old story I fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes 